guys. Welcome back to Three Minutes of Meditation. We've been, uh, this is Rylan. And this is Brian. My co-host here. We've been gone for a little bit, but we're both back at Maryland and we want to um, try and lighten, lighten the mood and give you guys something to do while you're stuck inside. So uh, Brian's going to kick it off with our first Wikipedia article. Yeah. While the rest of the world is closing down, shutting its doors, changing its grading policies, we're just going to keep things pretty normal here on the show, try and give you a little bit of sense of routine and just make you kind of forget about the craziness of the world. So we'll get right into it. Our uh, first random Wikipedia article is Harold Peterman. It's a pretty short article. Um, pretty much just says he was a Republican in the Delaware House of Representatives. He was an American politician. He died in 2016. Not a whole lot of angles we can go here. Rest in peace, yes. Uh, it looks like he went through a bunch of elections. I guess what we could talk about here is just the sense of uh, career politicians, maybe term limits. Yeah. Uh, if you know, I'm in Scholars at the University of Maryland, and we had this. <laughs> well, we had this event where uh, representative of the House and the Federal Congress, Jeremy Raskin, came, and he talked, and he was a good talker. And he he's one of the things I liked that he said was a, the job of the progressive is to find the moral center and not the political center because the political center is pretty malleable. Um, but another thing he said was that he advocates for term limits. Which is kind of doesn't really get brought up a whole lot. Well, no one in Congress currently has a term limit. There is no term limit on representatives yeah. or on senators. Only for the president. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's a good idea. But my other thing is Congress, as much as we like to think of our republic as like being best run by, by the people, like the people elect the representatives and then the representatives do uh, the will of the people. I think there's um, good things that come about when someone's been in congress for a while like i think the whole veteran nature of it you become better at making laws you become better at making compromises and going through that legislative process yeah so you think we should have term limits uh well it depends you know i think a lot of our senators and representatives are pretty old and that kind of digs into our ability to have a progressive young agenda you know a lot when a lot of them are thinking boomers they want to push things that are important to them and that's not necessarily representative of the younger people in America, but you bring up a good point with uh, with knowledge and, and wisdom. I mean, that's the point of the Senate. The Senate's supposed to be wiser, older. Mm-hmm. Originally, the Senate wasn't voted on by yeah. uh, individuals. It was picked by state governments. Um, I think, yeah, I think that you don't need term limits if you have strict rules. I think the Senate and both, both the Senate and the House don't have, they have strict rules, but they don't have strict enough rules to enable, to make sure that they're not going you know, too far. You know, with those people that the two senators or three senators that are being sued for insider trading. Yeah. yeah, Senator Burr, Senator Feinstein, and one other another Republican. Senator Feinstein's a Democrat, Senator Burr's Republican. But um that sort of thing is an easy rule to pass. And they just, you know, preventing senators from personally trading stocks is something that is an easy rule to pass and should be passed in the Senate, but it's being held up. And I think that's one thing that if passed, then term limits are unnecessary. But if not passed, then you need to have term limits. Yeah, I think the one good thing about term limits is that it refreshes the the pot of ideas yeah. in, in the legislative process. Because kind of like what you said with the whole lobbying of America, um, a senator, once you get put in, 
it used to be in the old days before like Trump and stuff, it was harder for you to just like change your opinion and lie on the spot because people would like say they have the aha moment, like I got you and you'd be kind of screwed. It doesn't work as much as well anymore with fake news. But um, when you had those moments, like it kind of entrenches someone in a particular position because you can't change your positions without looking a fool. Mm -hmm. And so it'd be good. And once you get entrenched too, you get good at winning elections, having a lobby, having staff that can win those elections. So mm -hmm. if you had a limit on that, then it could refresh the um, idea. So that, that'd be one good thing. That's kind of where we got to end there. So we'll head on to our next, next one. article. This is... So, sure. <laughs> this was, uh, 2016, Bermudian same-sex union and marriage referendum, and basically a referendum in 2016, a, re a non-binding referendum on same-sex marriage was held in Bermuda on in June 2016, and um, unfortunately, it looks like Bermuda did not pass. Yeah, no, against 68% were against. Well. Is it that's not sixty eight? I believe it was forty six point eight nine percent were four, but that Wait, what are you was invalid. About? That's what it says at the very top. I'm not sure quite where you see sixty eight percent. Yeah. Uh, no, that's oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. So. Oh, I see. I see. So <clears throat> it didn't. It wasn't valid because only forty six point eight nine percent of the population voted. Oh, so it wasn't even valid in the first place. Well, it was non binding to begin with, but they would only consider it if it was above fifty percent. Regardless, I think um, just from from my standpoint here, I think people should be allowed to choose. Let's talk about Bermuda, the, right. the country. <laughs> it's crazy. Did you know that Shakespeare wrote a play about Bermuda? No, I didn't. It's called The Tempest, and it's grounded Sounds in like a famous play. historical fact. Yeah, it is pretty famous. After um, Jamestown, you know, very big Jamestown, knowledgeable about Jamestown, mm -hmm. um, so Christopher Newport set sail with a couple ships to resupply Jamestown, but there was a storm, and they ended up crashing into this really tiny island about a thousand miles off the coast of uh, Virginia, and it turns out that island was Bermuda, and so while all the people at Jamestown starved because their resupply ships never got to them, mm -hmm. um, basically Sir Christopher Newport took the only surviving ship back to England to get help. Everybody else decided to live on Bermuda, and then when he returned, they were like, nah, we just want to stay here and not go to Jamestown. So then Sir Christopher Newport continued on to Jamestown, where they were all literally eating each other, and the Bermudians <laughs> were like, we're chilling. Chillin'. They were uh, an English territory. I think they're their own country now, all the way up until the 50s. But, yeah, I actually went to Bermuda once. Really? Yeah, on a cruise. What was your thought of it? I, I think it's... This was when I was younger. I think we went there, and they might have had some blowing glass, but we were on a cruise, so like we weren't there for long. I think our main goal when we were on the island is we want to find a place to snorkel. Mm -hmm. And I remember we ran into some locals, and they're like, ah, uh, the uh, Tobacco Bay is great, but there's this other place, too, that is kind of good. And we were there for two days. So we're like, ah, we'll, we'll save Tobacco Bay for the grand finale. And we'll go to this other place first. And the other place was awful. Like, really? waves. And, like, you don't want waves when you're snorkeling because, like, it's yeah, that and it's choppy, so it's hard to see what's under. And there was a bunch of these jellyfish. I think I remember my sister got stung pretty bad by jellyfish. So jellyfish suck. that was uh, not ideal. Well, that was Bermuda. That was Bermuda.
on to number three, which is oh, I think we should do another one. A different article. Oh, we could continue. This is kind of a continuation of last week, or oh, two weeks ago when we recorded. Yeah, that. Ivan Martic was a Swiss professional footballer who also plays as a right back for CS University of Alabama. Yeah, so that's a, that's a common thing with soccer or football athletes is that often they play for club and country. Yeah, which is different than pretty much all the American sports. I mean, because the, the only time we unify is for the Olympics. And World Cup. Yeah. Wait. Well, we don't soccer, have World Cups though. For soccer. Well, for soccer. No, no but I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about like basketball, baseball. For cycling, it's a little different. Uh, for indoor cycling, there's um, national teams, and then sometimes for juniors, there's junior national teams. So you do get mm. national teams for for some things, but for the most part, it's unique where you can go and play in another country for another team, and then you'll come back and play with someone who. So say you play in the Premier League. And someone plays in the MLS, and it's unique that they'll come together on their country's team to play, which is which is really cool, I think. Yeah. This guy. It looks like he played in Croatia for a little bit as well. Croatia is a gorgeous country, and yeah. they were unfortunately hit with the an earthquake um, a couple of days ago in Zagreb. It was very tragic. Dude, but, what's what's with this? There's there's earthquakes all over. We got a virus going on in the world. Yeah, there's a tsunami warning in Hawaii. Jesus. Um, world's gotten a little crazy. Maybe this is just like maybe this is climate change. Well, we'll get into this later because that's kind of current events. Maybe let, let, let's try to talk about football. We got like we got like another ten seconds. What can we talk about? Ten seconds for soccer. The balls are black and white. That's pretty. Pretty sick. Those are only like the very generic balls. The real balls, they're like much more colorful. Oh. And cool to How do they determine what colors to make the ball? It's all marketing, dude. It's like the World Cup has their own balls because they want it to be cool. Well, Alright. That was that was good. That was our Wikipedia articles. Open. Um Yeah, so we've kind of lacked on preparation, which is kind of, you know, ironic because we've had so much free time. Yeah. But <laughs> I prepare about as much as I usually prepare, so... Yeah, usually I come in with two solid. Maybe... I Actually, I think I had some questions. Can we do three metal middle questions here? Yeah, we, we always do three. Do so, three for those who don't know, uh, the metal middle, we, we toss up three questions that are kind of out there. Uh, the average person wouldn't necessarily be able to answer them, but Brian and I, we're not average. Um, yeah. Some say we're below average, but I'd say we're above average. And we're, <laughs> we're going to do our best to answer All right, wait. All right, I got two. So Brian's going to toss out the first one. This was stuff that I prepped up a long time ago. All right. So this isn't exactly a question, but it's a statement that I thought of. And so I'll have to describe it. I'll say the statement and then I'll qualify it. The statement is, well-prepared thoughts are boring to hear. And it kind of came into play because of this podcast. Because I feel like one of the allures of – public speaking is that it's not written down like there's there's autonomy there's malleability there's um a captivated orator will be engaging they won't necessarily be reading their notes the whole time right exactly yeah there's different hand gestures and then they get a feel like the audience it's almost a dialogue the audience reacts a certain way you go on a different line um and so that's i guess that's the qualification i think you understand what what are your thoughts on that statement um well, in uh, you know, in my in the 
public speaking class we have to take, everyone has to take. Um, they like to have, they like it so you don't read straight word for word from your notes. So you can practice engaging with the audience. And then in my German classes, there's, there's always, you're allowed to bring prepared notes, but you're not allowed to read it because they want you to be on the cuff. And you always, you're thinking different when you're reading versus when you're speaking yeah. to people. You're reading the audience, you're formulating words differently. And that's important. Also, just like in the context of this podcast, I think things off the cuff are really, you know, they're really fresh and unique and they bring a... Yeah, and that's actually the, the cool thing is, so one of one of of the 10 listeners that we have, right? I think me and you are both one each. Yeah, and, that and we listen, fast listeners. So yeah, yeah, and that we, cool. but the point is we listen to the podcast we make. And it's actually pretty, I recommend everyone starts a podcast and listen to themselves. It's great. Because when I'm listening to it, there'll be times where like, you'll say something and I, I know I'm about to talk and I'll be thinking like, huh, what would I say here? And I like formulate something I'd say and it's totally different. Oh, yeah. Which just speaks to the whole fact that like, depending on where you are in a day, your mood, you know, every moment is different. And so that freshness of not editing over and over again, over like a month period, you'll probably get a pretty refined copy of what you're going to say, but off the cuff, things are always different. Yeah, for sure. Well, do you want to move on to another one here? I uh, have, we got like 30 seconds. Okay. Here, so. <clears throat> well, let me toss out the last, my last little thoughts here on this one. Um, or at least kind of following up with Brian said, I love listening to myself and I, I hear Brian say something and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm about to say that, like, I'm about to say such and such. And then I don't say it and I'm going to go, dang, but that was a really good point. I just brought up. <laughs> and it's, I try and come into these with a very fluid mindset <laughs> as opposed to usually I come in pretty rigid, but here I'm trying to t- take everything in, listen to Brian fully. Not something I usually, I do in my daily life, oh, yeah. but I think the last one we can end on is we can all relate to um, when you're sitting in class and you have to listen, like there's that day where everyone presents and you have to listen oh, yeah. to like eight projects. And you don't pay attention. So, to exactly. But the ones that are most entertaining are always the people that are least prepared yeah. because they're like trying to read off the slide or like they're like trying to improvise. Like they only have half the project done. So they're like making up the other half. Like those are always the funnest to watch. So, Well, my question Mm. Kind of stems from something you said to me like 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. And I was watching NASCAR, not really listening. Oh, yeah. But um. But I heard this, and you said that you had just watched Free Solo. Oh yeah. Now, I've also seen Free Solo, and the I know because I don't watch the whole movie. Yeah, I've seen the whole movie. I won't spoil anything. Obviously, <laughs> I think you know how it ends. But um. And I know some of our audience members, one of our, a few of our 10 audience members do enjoy climbing a lot. Mm-hmm. And really the big thing with Free Solo is you were talking about perfection and yeah. how you were just in an astonishment that he was able to perfect something. But I'd like to draw this comparison here. Mm-hmm. He was so good at it because he practiced. Yeah. And while we were playing basketball today, I'll tell you what, I, that was very, except for when you missed 18 times, but prior to that, that's not a knock because I missed every single shot I made. But, mm-hmm. uh. Prior to that, dude, you were on fire. I just, what do you, what do you think about practice and just practice to perfection? I think that the most important fact um, factor in practice perfection is discipline, because I think um, this kind of goes along with there's those studies on the best way to study, which is not to cram the night before an exam, which you know everyone inevitably ends up doing, but it's to space it out over time. I think that's the same concept for anything you're trying to master. 
you can't wake up one morning and be like, I want to be the best runner on the planet. Go run for eight hours, pretty much die, and then not run for two weeks. This was the thing that I grappled with most when I started trying to master things. And that was kind of middle school when I was trying to become better at soccer. And the problem was I would go way too hard on workouts. And so the next day I would be so discouraged. I just like, there'd be that mental block of like knowing what was coming, which was just loads of pain because I'd do like just, you know, four hours of workout or whatever. Yeah. And the way, you know, as I've aged and become wiser as an athlete and just like as a worker in general and running really calloused me to this was it's the same thing that the quote um from the northwest no 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 the team that won ncaa cross country Running with the boys. Running with the bull. Buffaloes, excuse me. Oh, oh no, NAU running with yes, the boys. Yes, NAU. God damn it. They so their coach, right? Yeah. He says it's not one workout, it's the sum. Yeah. Right. So it's it's being able to set out a goal and then managing your progression towards it. I think mm-hmm. that's the key to practice to perfection. I mean, that's pretty much my agreement. I think people are like, well, you can never truly be perfect but Alex Holland kind of you know exemplifies perfection is the only way to survive and he's not practicing because he wants to do well he's practicing because it ne- he needs to do he needs to be perfect yeah or else he dies yeah and that's what gets him you know that's what gets him excited about stuff and that gets me excited but not in the same way you know running every day gets me excited because it you know brings me closer to a goal yeah but um, yeah, I think what you want to keep going on this one. I'm trying to think. Well, I think I mean the the final. I, what I was saying earlier that you weren't listening to mm-hmm. was what impressed me most about it was there's this quote in the movie where his friend says, "This is kind of the equivalent of a gold medal athletic achievement at the Olympics, mm-hmm. but showing up to that competition knowing if you don't produce that gold medal effort, you die." Yeah. And so it's just like, that's a whole new realm. Like what I was saying was all the important things that I've done in my life, all the great achievements, like winning a county championship Mm -hmm. or um, like, you know, completing my Eagle Scout project, which not incredibly impressive, but graduating high school, all these things, not all that impressive, but I'm more looking for like on the day events. And so most of that has been running and track races. And there's always a lot of nerves and there's always like, you know, going through the mental process of like you put in all the work, like, you know, mm-hmm. you're ready you're to, to run. Um, but there, like there's you, you just know, like even if you bomb the race, even if you bomb a certain school project or whatever, life will go on. Like you'll have tomorrow. You can build from that. This is like. Life or death. Yeah. And so that's like. That the movie really finally kind of made me grapple with what free solo represents. Like I always had an idea. I'd say I always knew what it was, but this brought me a little bit closer to that realization of just how impressive what he did was. I have a I have a little interesting I uh, think side here. So I'm a very go for broke person. Whenever someone asks me how I'm trying to do in a race, I always say I'm trying to win. And it's not because I think I can win, but because, well, I always think I can win. Because if you don't think you can win, then you're never going to win. Yeah. But, like, when we went to run this 50-mile, Brian took it out way easy, and I took it out really hard, really quick. And I, my thought was, you know, 
you go, you go for, you were going for broke. If I don't win, then what was the point of showing up? And then Brian ended up beating me because he had the smarter strategy there. But, well, and he ate food and I didn't really eat. But. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors in that race. But go for broke. That's why. That's why. Suggestion. All right. Well, I think we kind of did the 10 minutes already. So. Yeah. I think maybe we'll just talk about current events for the rest yeah, of the I think, time. I think we'll go to current events. So that was that was the metal middle. Usually we do three questions, but we kind of I think we put in a good work on those two questions. So. Uh, for sure. And I I just want to apologize to our listeners who last week complained that we uh, talked about the time too much. I'm sorry. Um, we won't talk about it as much. We'll just make them longer. Uh, <laughs> I'm just but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was pretty good. And you want to talk about. Should we, t- should we talk about the elephant in the room current event here? Yeah. Should we, we'll briefly brush on coronavirus just so we have a timestamp for where in history we are. Mm-hmm. Especially if this whole thing goes Mad Max on us. Yeah. Um, so coronavirus happened. Our school is online now. Mm-hmm. We're pretty much stuck in our the apartment. The world is online. The world is sure. online. Um, there are more people playing the Wikipedia game than I have ever been a part of ever in my life. Uh it's pretty cool. Um, we're pretty much. I'm stuck in College Park. Brian's here by choice. Um, there's no one here, and uh, we hope you're all staying safe and healthy and enjoying your family's company. What's your thoughts yeah. on this time, Brian? I think we might be able to extend um, into this current event, like you know, a, a meta middle question, okay. which is um, this is kind of a controversial question too. But I was getting on the plane ride home from Utah, and I was I was just like I wasn't ready to go to bed yet. It was a red eye, and I knew I had to sleep at some point. But I wasn't I wasn't there yet, and I didn't want to read. There was a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do, so I started writing down my thoughts about coronavirus. Okay. And the what came up to be like the thing I wrote most about was the fact that it's made us reconfront our mortality. And I think in a very real way, because often, like we have this knowledge that it affects the more elderly among us, just in general, people over the age of 60, mm-hmm. over the age of 40. So it makes you have conversations with your grandparents and parents and stuff about like, oh, you know, be sure to wash your hands and stuff like that. Yeah. But it also makes you think about like what would happen if they died. And what I kind of, the the main thought I came up with was, the thing that everyone can pretty much agree on is that human death is a bad thing. That's a quote right there. Yeah. But but if if that is our true goal, right? If that's a common denominator amongst all humans. I mean, that's the thing. There's two things that make you a person. You're born and then you're going to die. Yeah. So, so it's just across all of us. I just think it's interesting that in this time we're reconfronting it and there's a part of me that's um, – so, like, Trump is talking about restarting the economy early mm-hmm. because he doesn't want the stocks to drop and all that. Right. And he thinks that, you know, people die in automobile accidents and stuff. We can't. There's a certain point where you can't just shut down everything for so long, which I kind of – I don't think we should restart it now. But I, there's a, I saw the point behind what he was saying. You see the point, but then I was reading a graphic today, and it was like <clears throat> moderate estimates are 16 million people are going to die. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Is it worth some, you know, fake GDP growth? Yeah, is that really worth it? And I don't think so. I think 
human life is the most important thing above everything else. Um, but yeah, I think in lighter news, uh, the folks below us got a dog. Oh, it's yeah. very loud. <laughs> I, I think they'll probably be able to hear it. Yeah, you'll probably be able to hear it. I was actually I was gonna shout out the end and say shout out to the dog. That's uh oh, I background noise. <laughs> there it goes. I didn't mean to take that thunder from you. No, but... it's good. I, I think it's good current event. I think it's uh, something more lighter. It was it was very interesting. I think I first heard it when I came back and you weren't in the apartment, but it wasn't until later in the day. And then it started barking. And it makes me really recognize that, like, I don't want to live in an apartment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a certain part of me that was like, you know, it's like the more eco-friendly way to live. Like, you know, lessen your footprint. But, uh, dude, I feel like I want my own. I had that worse. realization when people were, I saw pictures of people in their backyard. And I looked out my window and I was like, I can't go outside. <laughs> And then, I mean, obviously, I've gone out for runs and walks and stuff, but, like, I was, like, I can't go outside and be around no one yeah. and just stare out my window longingly. Yeah. So. You know, I I mean, the other thing was the apartment last year had a porch. I had a porch. And so yeah. that's that's at least, like, you can go outside, and if it's a nice day, you can just, like, sit out on the porch and gaze. Right. But, yeah, being trapped like this, not a big fan. I feel like you're in a, a shoebox. But uh, maybe we should give out a shout out to uh, Matthew Saskavish and Nate Liskey, I think is how you say your last name. Is it Liseki or Liskey? I don't know. I, know I, I was walking up his hand. Now, I walked up to him one day, shook his hand, I was like, Mr. Liseki? He was like, Yo, I wish everyone called me that. I was like, Isn't that your name? He's like, Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Anyways, um, we miss you guys. Hope you're staying healthy and. Yeah, come well. back as soon as possible. Except, yeah, just douse yourself and alcohol before you get in here oh speaking of alcohol i turned 21 on april 23rd uh, uh if anyone wants to buy me a gift but actually i can't go anyways because at least in my opinion i, I mean it's gonna be closed on the 23rd mm-hmm. so 21st birthday it's a it's an interesting time. I, was, I was talking to someone maybe it was you might have been i i told someone that I think it's going to be really interesting, the art that comes out of this. Yeah, you like, did mention that to me. Oh, okay. The, the different TV shows. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes, I think we'll end this show by talking about like future predictions for what okay. we think might happen. And so I think that's going to be one cool thing. You know, okay, so you have to preface everything with COVID-19 with, of course, you know, we prioritize the health and safety of everyone. We don't want a bunch of people sure. to die. But looking on the positives... I think that one of the interesting things about it will be art that comes out of it because it's had a profound impact on the way people live. And what I've noticed most is there's like this slowdown, right? Everyone, I feel like, especially in America, everyone's always pedal to metal, like trying to get the next thing done, trying to get the next paycheck, trying to get, you know, there's all these, they're trying to get ahead so they can climb the social ladder. At least that's the way I feel in college. It's like, I'm putting all this work so I can get a better job and stuff like that. And you know, now we have pass-fail classes. So I feel like this is really just time to slow down and just, like... It actually engage with what you're learning and enjoy it. And... Not it just, like, or focus on other parts of life. Like, I also yeah. feel like now all of spring track is canceled. This is the first, like, running season in four or five years where I won't be racing, right? That's true. So That's it's just, there's there's a lot of, there's a big slowdown for everyone involved. And so I think the art that comes out of it in terms of like different TV shows or paintings or music, 
I think it will, it will help reflect on that kind of, you know, different style of life. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited for that part of it, if I live. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the art's gonna be cool. I think the twenty uh, coronavirus rap albums we'll get in a couple months is gonna be awesome. Yeah. And then a lot of people are a lot more people are running now. I think just because they have more time. Yeah. Which, while not necessarily good if they're running together, it's it's good. It's nice to see people out who who don't run normally and are, are using this time to exercise and be healthier. Which is that's nice to see. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing about missing people, uh, Seb, we also miss you and Mets and all the other guys. If we didn't mention you by name, not except for Laskowski, I've seen you, so you don't count. I see. I, I think one of the what else have you been doing, man? This is like other than going to Utah and me going to Tennessee, I, I can't, there's just nothing going. There was a virtual NASCAR race, yeah. I was big on that. That was exciting. This would be another one this Sunday. So, the if you if you if this gets worse than predicted, right? Like let's say everyone likes COVID starts um, becoming zombies. That'd be kind of sad. What's our plan? Like how are we getting out? What's our plan? First we send it to Costco. To Costco? No, first we send it to Walmart because we need guns. Second we send it to Costco. Uh-huh. <clears throat> to get more guns. I know. As a young kid, I always had a dream that I'd hole up in a hot in a Costco. I love Costco. So we just go and resupply, I think. And then we cut the top off my Volkswagen Passat. It's a hard top. But safety doesn't matter at the end of the world. Brian will blast all of the music he has about the end of the world, including... uh, My Way to Hell. Yeah, that was a generic one. What was the second one we listened to? Start Me Up. It's Should I Stay or Should I Go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to come blasting out of our thing, and we're going to have uh, Walmart brand shotguns shooting up into the sky. Yeah, and we, then we just go on a week crusade, and we know at the end we're going to die, so we just live it up for a week. Oh, you got to live like a movie, yeah, for sure. All right, well, <laughs> that's how we're ending it. Um, thank you to everyone who listened. We hope that you're healthy, safe, and your family is too. And, uh, you know, be cheerful. Think of all these new things you get to do now that there's COVID. Like, you can get C's in all your classes. You can get E's in all your classes. Yeah. Still pass. That is... How about we make that the trend? Everyone at Maryland gets a D this semester. Well... Yeah, I mean, that's not good. Nah, unless you do a great <laughs> GPA, then we wish you the best. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're not doing best. All right. We'll see you next week if Brown is here. I'll see you.